0: Welcome to Hatching Creativity. This isn't just another behavioral health podcast. This is the place where thought leaders converge to talk about real life challenges, breakthroughs, and pivotal aha moments. Hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Devin Waite. Devin is a behavioral healthcare industry veteran and advocate, as well as one of the most respected consultants in the space and we're gonna be talking today about some of the ways you can use your compliance program to protect your business, increase your revenue, and improve your outcomes. If you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about Hatching Creativity. Here, Devin's going to tell us a little bit about himself.
1: The Circuit Behavioral Healthcare Solutions, we do uh, licensing and accreditation, help organizations grow and remain compliant, essentially. So to tune up their compliance programs but we have the nurses on our staff. We have clinicians. Um, I, I've owned and operated a treatment center before. And uh, we're, we're basically full service. We really like to integrate in, help people turn up the EMR, the HR systems. Just all systems really except admissions and marketing. <laughs> we don't do that unless it has to do with compliance and screening and all that. What is compliance
0: and how compliance can be used to protect your revenue? Right. Also, how compliance can be used to drive revenue. Right. If you're using compliance as a tool rather than something to be afraid of. Right. Or as a a stick, so to speak, you could really get a lot out of it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, when you think compliance and revenue, the obvious is you you need your accreditation to build third-party insurance. You know, you... you uh you really just need it to be considered a, a a decent provider in the industry unless you're serving some market that doesn't require that and then um you want to protect that insurance revenue as well you know so those are some of the obvious reasons but what what worked what you're talking about is absolutely true in terms of uh and and i know hatch does does a lot of this but using the outcome measures so here's an example when when i was operating the treatment center we did an outcome study for two years and um, and we used, um, you know, similar, um, you know, software and all of that. But what we did was we ultimately ended up with a great study that we could take to the payers and say, hey, look, this is this is what we're doing here. Not really worried about anybody else, but here's who we are. Here's what. The, and and I truly believe that we're able to secure better contracts with that of mm-hmm. uh, showing that we have that type of data. And the data wasn't always good. And so it gave us, you know, the opportunity to improve. And when you're tying it back into performance improvement, as you should, then the organization is just going to keep going to inherently get better anyways, which sure. should increase your margins. There's sometimes increased costs with performance improvement. But at the end of the day, um, that's, that's where, you know, I think a lot of organizations aren't thinking about. You know these nuggets and, and where the revenue is because it's the long term play. It's not a short term play. Well, you know it's kind of funny, right? Because
0: people look at compliance as, like you said, uh, a, a roadmap to the payers, right? And how you get paid. Okay. So if you're all looking at your accreditation as that roadmap to the payers, really, then what ends up happening is you have a survey once every three years, right? Whatever information is made up, you write as you're getting right to the ready for the survey, and then you're not really collecting data accurately the whole way across. Sure, and then what ends up happening is, as compliance should be used as a revenue protection or a way to um, to to drive that revenue, you miss everything, right, and all of the value that compliance does or has by doing it that way right i look at data points just like you're talking about you know and i think this is something for people to hear also is data points that you could be looking at that relate to compliance (laughs) that you can use for performance improvement efficiency improvement risk reduction right things like that if you had to say your, your top things that you would advise an organization to track that directly ties compliance to revenue, what would you say?
1: So I would say the top three, no specific order, but the first one would be discharge categories. Uh, I, I believe many organizations do that. It's kind of a low-hanging fruit, but you know, if you have a lot of AMAs, ACAs, it's going to impact the bottom line, obviously but also if you're having a lot of let's call it therapeutic transfers people are coming in they're going to the hospital right away are we not screening appropriately and if you think about it when when you, you do spend all the acquisition costs and getting the client to treatment if they're going to the hospital right away it complicates the treatment program often yeah because they're at the hospital maybe they you know have a bad experience there's so many factors that can happen yeah so you know watching that um there's you know other other categories however you want to classify them but i think that's important the other one would be um for me is uh, just qa or or compliance in general so on the charts and um and we really track that on a weekly basis it could be tracked daily um and when you're sending off you know bills to the payers i think it's really important to track that uh, because that can protect you from a clawback, <laughs> making sure everything's in the record that needs to be in the record. Um, oh, timeframes that the, the documentation is robust, it meets medical necessity, all of that, you know. So, how
0: about the time? How, at least see this all the time. I have to imagine you, you too. How about somebody's in for their second or third treatment episode and you're using the same treatment plan?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, wow. absolutely. Yeah yeah it's
0: so easy to catch this is such low-hanging fruit right right so uh so chart auditing yeah uh, and and overall quality is
1: improvement is is one yep um so what was your what was your third because treatment is a service business is asking the question uh your what is your willingness to recommend services because we're not we're not producing widgets and all of that and and that question can be asked to clients it can be asked to families It can be asked to referrants and it can be asked to your staff as well, too. And maybe even a culture of safety survey that includes the question, would you recommend treatment center X as a wonderful place to work? You know, and so a referral is probably the greatest compliment you could ever get because that means that I I trusted my loved one at your treatment center and I would absolutely trust the next person, you know, to come to the treatment center. And if you're going to get treatment anywhere, you want to go to treatment center X. So for sure. And if you want to actually, if you want to have a good workplace, right? Yeah. Same thing. Listen to your people. Right? Yeah. So what I think is important now, this is an interesting measure because what I recommend is, is you get that measure, but you correlate it across your other questions because you might have a question of, um, like how was your admission process or, um, you know, how was the time with your therapist? Etc. how was the gym, exercise, food, you insert question here. But if you correlate that question to the other questions, you can actually find out what's highly correlated and whatever is highly correlated, you know, essentially we wanna move the ball and where people are willing to recommend the most. So if they had a bad experience with the food, and and that's highly correlated to willingness to recommend then let's do a performance improvement plan on the food right and and that will in turn increase the willingness to recommend which increases revenue which ties back into compliance because it's a performance improvement measure yeah. i i think that makes all the sense in the world you know it's funny
0: is you can collect all the data in the world but if you don't look at it yeah you would never know that food yeah right sure and that's such a simple it's such a simple metric to be looking at right like your n p s score like you're driving right. them out. right it's such a simple measuring metric that everybody can do right i mean it's i I hope all of you are doing patient satisfaction surveys and employee satisfaction surveys right you know that that's something that that's really helpful, but again, you gotta use that information right uh um, yeah tie it back into performance improvement. Right. do you see anything around uh, any presentations any speakers today or anything that you feel is really Exciting, new, interesting, or anything that you uh, may want other people to to look at.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely uh, Maeve O'Neill, who is our national compliance director. She's speaking on the wholehearted journey uh, to compliance and ethics. I love and that. Uh, She's yeah, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she she really brings in the whole person, uh, you know, and and uh, is all about authenticity and transparency. And you just meet people all around the industry that she has impacted in a positive way. Um, she's a big believer in Brene Brown and, and some of those um, philosophies and all that. I've worked with many organizations over the years. Sometimes I'll work with ones that come from outside the industry, call it banking. You know, maybe a, somebody a banker decides to get in and start doing treatment, um, which, you know, is neither here nor there. But they'll come to me and they'll say, hey, Devin, what's up with the staff? You know, and I'll, and I'll say, what do you, what do you mean? And say, well, you know, it's just like everybody's kind of wearing their emotions on their sleeves and, and all of that. And when I owned and operated the treatment center, I, the, the lady that sold us the treatment center, she goes, Devin, I, I got to tell you, if you focus on the staff, the clients will get better faster. And, and I, I took that to heart and, and I believe it. And so that's what Maeve's talk is. It's, it's Saturday yeah. at 1045. But it's about taking care of our staff and, um, and recognizing that people in the helping profession um, they need to help themselves. They need to fill their own cup. You, you certainly can't help anybody else uh, if you're not. And sometimes the mechanics car runs the worst. And so, uh, yeah, right. you know, having this focus on on our staff, making it okay to be not okay, making it okay to talk about burnout, having open door policies and all of that it, that, that is a journey that if organizations start that. That they will see that the clients get better faster. It's true. You know, we always say you take care of your people. Yeah.
0: They'll take care of your patients. And then overall, they're going to have improved performance. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite quotes, Zig Ziglar. Yeah. And he says, he was talking with a friend and he was talking about all of the investment he makes into staff training. Right. And the guy says to him, wouldn't you be upset if you spent all that money on there them their training on their latinx? Tune- and his response was, "I would be more upset if I didn't spend the money on their training and their stare. No, that's
1: <laughs> a great. That one. was really good. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for
1: having me, Mike. And
0: uh, thanks so much. This appreciate it. Yeah, and thank um, Thanks for joining. Make sure to check out Circle Behavioral Health. And if you're looking to open a treatment center or you need help, you' there in Southern California. These guys are the experts out here. And um, thanks for watching.